Welcome to the Property CEO Podcast, your inside track to the world of property, with your hosts, Ian Child and Richie Clapson. Hello and welcome to the Property CEO Podcast. My name's Ian Child and I'm here with Richie Clapson. Hello everyone. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about how to find property deals, aren't we, Richie? That's right. And I'm going to run through where the best places are to find deals and how you need to go about it. And I can tell you there's more than, uh, you know, it's more than just maybe sifting through, uh, through Rightmove. Fantastic. Looking forward to that. Uh, although I'll tell you what I'm not looking forward to. Go on, what's that? Uh, the small matter of our New Year's resolution. Oh, yes, yes. I think we could be in for quite a memorable month, couldn't I we? I think you could be right. So uh, let, me, let me briefly explain. One of the problems with property development, and I'm not sure that too many people are aware of this, uh, is that it involves eating a lot of cake. At least it does the way we do it, doesn't it? Well, it does. And, and over the course of a year, uh, this can take its toll physically, we've noticed. And so it, it's fair to say that we now have a, a bit of timber that we, uh, we need to shift. Very true. Uh, and un- unfortunately, I think the situation is kind of exacerbated by the fact that there's this, this very nice cafe uh, in a small town about 40 minutes away from uh, kind of from both of us, really, yeah. um, that has a rather irresistible house speciality of, um, what is it? It's southern fried chicken uh, with pancakes and with maple syrup. Uh, plus, they actually do quite a nice line in um, in chocolate brownies uh, for uh, for afters. So, um, interestingly, I was looking back over our kind of statistics because obviously, as a business, we kind of keep the stats for the, for the year. And it's fair to say it's been well surprising the number of viewings that we've done in that small town. Yeah, but there's been there's been a lot of activity in the market down there. And um, according to the stats, you actually went to view one property in the town four times. Yes, uh, and that's, uh, you know, it's quite a a tricky project and I needed to take a lot of measurements. And uh, those four visits were on on two consecutive days. Yes, I left my tape behind. What, twice? (laughs) Twice, had to go back and get it. (laughs) Anyway, um, because this cafe um, doesn't put a calorie counter on its menu, I mean, they're probably kicking themselves now, but... Uh, you know, we've been eating this chicken pancake thing, well, fairly regularly, and, and not realising that it had a surprisingly high uh, kind of calorific content. Who would have known, just looking at it? Uh, absolute shock, frankly. Um, and that, kind of despite your famously high metabolic rate, um, well, we probably had one pancake too many. So we decided to create our very own weight loss challenge as a New Year's resolution. And what we've done is we based it on uh, a great book, which is called The 4-Hour Body by, uh, by Tim Ferriss. Uh, and we, we put a few twists on, on, on his slant. But the basic idea is that between the 2nd of January, because uh, we kind of get a day off for good behaviour on the 1st, and, um, and the 26th of January, we're each going to lose a stone and we're going to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> to be fair, that's how Arnie looks now and uh, not now he looked in his prime. Well, obviously, yeah. yeah. So um, now, luckily, Tim Ferriss has kind of done all the hard work for us because he's, he's worked out the minimum amount of work that we need to do to get perfectly toned and the easiest possible diet to follow. That's why the, the book's so good because it kind of like, he, 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 he takes apart all of the, 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 
the kind of the stuff around getting fit and the stuff around going on a diet. And he just works out the bits that work. So you can get the maximum result with the minimum effort, which is kind of us all over, isn't it? And the best part is that whilst we, uh, we have to eat like saints for six days a week on this particular diet, uh, on day seven, we can go absolutely bananas. That's the best bit, isn't it? I mean, to be fair, we've been doing it pretty much the other way around, haven't we? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's very true. Um, but unbelievably, on day seven, the diet actually recommends that you basically knock yourself out with as, you know, as much rubbish as you can possibly eat. So junk food, uh, beer, chocolate, pizza, you know, the works. Just sounds like one of my power breakfasts. <laughs> exactly. So... Uh, we're going to have an official measuring ceremony on the on the second of January. That'll be the, the, the starting point. And I've asked your good friends from Guinness World Records to be there, the ones that that failed to turn up for your frankly fraudulent Rubik's Cube World Record attempt. Never invited them, which is a bit harsh, <laughs> but nonetheless true. Yeah. So, um, so now it, it does have to be a competition now because of course we're both quite competitive. So I've decided that the winner will be the one who loses the most timber and who also looks the most like Arnold Schwarzenegger after 24 days. Yeah, hold on a sec. I didn't hear about this. So you've decided the winner is the one that looks like Arnie. Yeah, in 24 days. So this will be the same uh, Arnie that's six foot two and a full head of hair. Well, last time I looked, one of us already ticks both of these boxes. So you're expecting me to grow some hair back and get taller by about six inches as well as losing a stone. You know, I mean, I've heard it's a good diet, but I think even Tim Ferriss would struggle to get those sort of results. Well, it's, it's a little disappointing. The excuses are already coming uh, thick and fast. I mean, I haven't even started the diet yet. <laughs> OK, here's, here's what we do. We'll base it on the, the total tonnage lost. And then we'll have an ab count. An ab count? Exactly. Ab count. Yeah. So the obvious target will be, uh, I think, a six-pack each. But what we should probably do is award points for each ab that we can find at the end of the month. Sound fair enough? No, that, that sounds good. But, I mean, I can't remember exactly what an ab looks like, you know. But, so, yeah, I'm up for that. Excellent. Well, we'll uh, obviously report back at the end of the challenge and we'll, of course, let everybody uh, know the results. Uh, but for now, I guess we should probably have a short chat actually about deal finding. I, th- I think we should, yes. <laughs> now, to be honest, this is uh, such a critical part of the process for, well, for, for so many different property strategies. So it's definitely something that you want to be doing well. Um, now, you, Richard, you said earlier that it's not just about sifting through right move, but, uh, but surely that could be a, a good place to start. OK, well, yeah, absolutely. Right move is it's a massive, massive resource. You know, uh, it's got a residential section and uh, a lot of people don't know it's actually got a commercial section to it as well. And both of those sections have a massive, a massive amount of information on there. So, you know, they're really, really good. And you've got to be looking, though. Don't, don't just go in and, and, and just do a basic search. You've got to be looking at search areas, property types, value, purchase prices. So you can narrow it down. There's a lot of filters on Rightmove that people, perhaps, if they've used it for the first time, particularly in the commercial sections, aren't aware of. So in the commercial sections, you can go in and you can look for offices, industrial buildings, retail buildings. And then you can you can narrow it down with the size. So, for instance, if you're looking at a, an industrial conversion and you wanted it under 500 square meters, I think it comes in square foot, but you could roughly limit yourself to maybe five or six thousand square foot. And it's only then going to show you the buildings that you're particularly interested in. Otherwise, you'd be 
sifting, you know, forever and ever, looking at all sorts of stuff that's not appropriate. So, you know, use the filters. The filters in Rightmove are, are really, really powerful. So that's important. As I say, there's, put, there's filters there for values and geographical location, and particularly um, for when stuff's come on the market. So, you know, there's, there's, there's good reasons to sometimes for look at stuff that's been on the market quite a while, particularly if you're able to think out the box because, you know, they're perhaps slightly more motivated sellers. So it's useful to know if a project's been on the market for, for you know, a property on the market for two or three months, you might get a better deal. And equally, it's good to do a little filter to see what's come on in the last sort of 24 hours or three days or seven days, just so you can get, you know, straight in there with a potential potential opportunity. The other thing I think with this is get yourself a checklist, your own checklist of what you're looking for and make sure that's what the search criteria you're using. So we always talk to people about get a checklist. You know, what is it you're looking to do? If, it, if it's new build, that's fine. What's the criteria for that? You're looking for land. Is it with planning? Is it without planning? You know, what sort of locations are in? Get yourself that checklist. And so when you go into Rightmove, if we're going to use that, whether it's the residential or the commercial side, you can very quickly go down your tick box to go, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. And you can you can wait these, you know, you can wait these or you can say some are complete non-starters. So the planning one is a big one. If it hasn't got planning, I'm not interested. And you can dismiss that straight away. Yeah. Because it's like a funnel. You know, the, your property search is a bit like any marketing it has to go into a funnel and you've got to get stuff out the funnel as quick as possible if it doesn't match your criteria in some way. So your own checklist is really really important of course the whole thing has to be systemized your whole approach has to be systemized so you get on to right move because i mean to be fair sometimes it's quite good fun and i i've often killed an hour just scrolling around right move but actually i've not got anywhere now that's fine sometimes i'm just having a little feel for what's about but if you're seriously trying to find something you've got to be systemized so when you get on it you go through a process and understand exactly what it is so if a property jumps out at you it's definitely one that you're going to pursue a bit further Okay, fantastic. So uh, apart from Rightmove, uh, which is obviously a fantastic resource, well, where else should we be looking for deals? Okay, well, there's, there's, there's lots of, lots of uh, other places, but first of all, commercial agency. We're talking about development deals. They all have their own sites, their own websites, and uh, not everything's on Rightmove. I mean, I know a few commercial uh, agents who don't actually put anything on Rightmove, right. which you might think is a bit bizarre. I mean, certainly most residential agents will be on Rightmove. I would imagine 99% of the country are on Rightmove. Commercial agents, no, not always the same, that's for sure. So there are some agents uh, in certain areas, and, and you know, you'd have to look where they were in your area, and, and actually you might find they're not on Rightmove. So just go onto Google and search commercial property agents in your area, cross-relate that to what's on Rightmove commercial section and you'll spot those ones that aren't there. Now that gets you a real jump ahead of the crowd that just, you know, those that aren't listening to this podcast are probably just jumping on Rightmove, tapping away and that's it. Well, you've got a whole area there where you've already now, you know, amongst the minority looking individually at those uh, commercial agent sites. And I think the other thing is, well, even if those commercial agents are on right move sometimes they put it on their own site first right so they might release some draft details on their own site before it goes on to right move so again you get a little jump ahead and with all of these sites the commercial agent sites and indeed going back to right move that we talked about just now you can set up alerts so you can set up alerts that come through most certainly most of the commercial agent sites you can do this so they can then you know give you a little notification every time a new project comes on that meets your criteria so commercial agents are really, really good. Um, maybe a second area is auctions. I mean, auctions can be great for deals, but you've got to know what you're looking at and you've got to know what you're prepared to pay. 
I mean, you know, you can you can be up against the public uh, or you know local builders in an auction who have a different criteria. You know, you as a developer looking to make 20% profit, if you're a member of a public and you're just trying to buy a plot of land, you just want the house. Of course, yeah. you don't have that requirement for, for profit. And you mentioned builders there as well, and sometimes they have another uh, agenda, don't they, they do. when they come to buying property? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, uh, I used to own a construction company for a, for a period of time, and we always had what we would call a hospital project. So we'd have a project that we would buy in, and we would just fall back on it to keep the guys going. So, you know, we didn't need to make any money out of it. So if you're up against a builder trying to buy one of those projects, he's always going to outbid you. And I think the, the, it's important just to kind of understand that, that one of the challenges that building contractors have is that they've got a team of people that are on their books, that uh, if they if they ha- the product, uh, projects dry up, then they've got to release them uh, because they've got no work for them. And, of course, it can be really difficult to get them back. So by giving them this hospital project, uh, they, they keep them working, they keep them on board, yeah. and that means that they don't lose them to the, to the competition. So, you know, you're up against these people, and that's why it's important to know what you're prepared to pay. So once you've done your deal analysis, you can go to that auction and you know the total upper limit that you're prepared to pay and you don't get carried away because there's a lot of people who get carried away at auctions. Another thing you can think about of auctions, you can actually secure prior to the auction. A lot of people think, well, it's an auction, I've got to go to the auction date. There's a large amount of properties that are actually sold before the auction date. Now, all you want to do is just speak to the uh, to the auctioneer and just say, look, I'm interested in this. All the viewings are done before. If you want to put a bid in to take it out of the auction room, just go for it. Sometimes you're successful, sometimes you're not. So that's a, a good thing to do. Maybe another area we could talk about today is Plot Finder. Uh, that's a generic term, but actually, you know, if Plot Finder is, is a company out there. You can subscribe to it and it'll identify uh, plots all over the place, some with planning permission, some without. So if new build development's your thing, Plot Finder's a great place to start and find individual little bits of land all over the place. Now, again, one just word of warning, a lot of these are sold privately and, you know, people are trying to max out and they're looking to try and sell equally to private purchasers who don't need the profit. Not to say the price on the tin is what you have to pay for it. You know, you can put a bid in lower because it's just sat there. But Plot Finder is a great resource. So I think commercial agents in their own right, auctions and Plot Finder will be a, a few good ones there. Fantastic. So uh, those are all kind of resources that you're able to access online. Um, yeah. What about other ways that you can find deals that perhaps don't involve searching the Internet? Well, um, you know, get out and search the area. You know, whether that's by car, uh, on foot, Push bike's a great one. I mean, not only can you get fit. You frequently uh, do that, do you? you get, well, yeah. A regular, I, I a regular site on the pavement. Actually, I have three push bikes. Yeah. You're a massive surprise. But they're hung up in the garage. I can't get to them. There's a lot of stuff in the way. But no, getting out on a push bike is great. I mean, foot, you can only cover so much area. Push bike, you can cover a lot of area. And of course, you can stop frequently and have a look at stuff. I know a number of very successful developers who found some fantastic plots just yeah. going out on a Sunday morning on their push bike around the area and spotting a bit of land and it's amazing what you see i mean do you remember the um we walked down one of the local pubs from from my house once mm-hmm. and on the way back you sort of went oh what's happening there there was a an old sort of part derelict bungalow behind yep. a sort of five bar gate that you wouldn't see if you drove by yeah but walking you couldn't see it from the road could you no yeah. you couldn't but walking you see these things so get out and search the area i think that's really really important now a lot of people are going to go okay yeah well i've i saw that bungalow on the way back for the pub but what do i do Get onto land registry. Go onto land registry. You can either search by address or search by map. So you can do a map search. You can home in on the individual property, click on it, 
and it will tell you. I mean, you have to pay about three pound, so you know, to download the deeds. Yep. But it, you better get, download the deeds, and it will tell you who exactly owns that property. You're not going to give you an email address or a phone number, but it will give you a, a postal address, and you can write to them. You know, good old fashioned letter, mm-hmm. and write to them and just be honest and say, you know, I'm a developer. This is what I'm looking at. Is it something you're looking to sell? And you know, you'll be surprised. You know, oh, that that so often. Um, pays dividends, I think, because there's a number of things about it. First of all, um, even you may, you may think you'd be quite lucky in finding somebody that happens to be thinking of selling. The reality, of course, is that there's a certain proportion of the population who, ne- who perhaps have got it in the back of their mind as something that they might do uh, next year yeah. or whatever. It's just not at the forefront of their mind now. But actually, if a letter comes through the door, and let's be honest, we're, we're much more likely to open letters these days because yes. most of our junk mail comes electronically. Uh, and you've got it from uh, somebody that's interested in in potentially buying buying it from you, then it, you all of a sudden you start getting interested. You start having the conversation. Is it perhaps something that, um, that, that an opportunity? I, you know, I, I know of uh, of of a guy uh, not far from from me who bought a property and he wrote to them, uh, and it, it was partly derelict. And the guy said, "Well, yeah, I hadn't thought of selling. I was going to do it that, but you know, what would you pay for it?" And he got a deal. Yeah. And um, you know, most people would go by and assume, oh well, that can't be for sale. Someone's doing something with it. So you never know. Or knock on doors. You know, knock on the neighbour's door. Does anyone know what's going on with the property next door? You'd be surprised what you found out. You would find out. So getting out and about, putting a bit of shoe leather down, as one would mm. say, or getting on your bike. You know, okay, yeah, I don't get on mine, but I get on your bike and have a cycle around. You'd be amazed what you find. Your high horse. You've you've, you've had it a few times. I got my high horse out. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> of course it's high because I'm short. <laughs> Uh, but it's actually a bit of tenacity, actually, on that front can really pay dividends. Because I think I, I've I've kind of been there myself, where you, you've you've seen a, a decent opportunity, but perhaps you're not getting the, you know you found you found the address details and the the owner's name on right me, but you're not getting a response to your letters. But actually, to your point, yeah, knock on the neighbour's door, find yeah. find out the story that's going on. Um, with that house, it takes a bit of gumption because, of course, you don't have necessarily it'd be a stranger turning up on the door asking questions. But but actually being able to kind of just work out what the situation is with that property and knock on the door of the property itself and see if you can um, engage with the people there, it can so often pay dividends. I think again, you've just got to be honest with who you are. I mean, don't you know? Don't turn up at eight o'clock at night in the winter because no one's going to answer the door to you. They want to wonder what's going on, particularly if it's an elderly couple next door. But go in the middle of the day. Go dress smart, you know, put, put, a, put a decent jacket on or a suit and turn up and say straight away because people are going to think, you know, are you, are you selling them some, some religious pamphlets or, you know... Or, or, you get that a lot, do you? Well, I, I don't sell religious pamphlets, but no. But, or you know, are you trying to sell them some new utility? Straight away, just say, look, I'm a local developer. I mean, you know, and, and then just you, you, hopefully you're going to get a response. Some people are just are not going to be interested. They're not going to want to tell you nothing. But of course, if you don't ask, you don't get. Absolutely right. So we talked earlier about networking. Um, so do you think that networking helps in terms of finding deals? Oh, yeah. I mean, networking is a big area. I mean, it's almost the biggest area that you need to work on in terms of finding deals. So, you know, you can be talking about not just property networking events, but business networking events. And that's a, a thing a lot of people overlook. I think in terms of property networking events, you are going to find stuff, but generally you look, you're an event with property people and it's probably a good third of that room looking to do what you're doing. Yeah. Now, okay, if you position yourself and you're good at networking, you, you, perhaps you can be better than the rest. But if you go to a business meeting, you know, my experience tells me that more often than not, you're quite often the only property person at a business meeting. 
Now, why is it advantage? Where are you going to get a property deal from a business meeting? Well, you know, one of the schemes that, that we've got on at the moment where we're converting the old print works comes from a business contact. You know, the, 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 the guy who owned the printing works decided to, uh, to, to sell on, semi-retire. The, the new business has, has taken the existing and moved it to a big new premises. So the building owned by this business contact of ours was, uh, was now vacant. So through a business relationship, wasn't a network meeting per se, but for a business relationship, we, we've come across a development opportunity. So really, really important to get out there in the community and network. And of course, with any networking, you, you've got to tell people what you want. You've got to have a real clear message because uh, it's a bit like, um, you know, if you look back to one of our earlier podcasts, remember the one with the estate agent with Andrew Fennell, and he said, you know, if you come in and just say, I'm looking for a property deal, it tells him nothing, yeah. you know, and, and you're not going to get anything. Whereas I think if you're out in the, in the community, whether it's the business or property, be very specific. It doesn't mean to say you can't have two or three sp- specific stories. That was easy for me to say, wasn't it? Um, but be quite precise is an easier word to say what it is you want. I'm looking for old warehouses. I'm looking for disused offices. or I'm looking for plots of land in this area or that area. And, and you'll be surprised what come out. So get a really, really clear message. And of course, it's not always going to be the people you're directly talking to. Yes. People know people. So you might be at a business meeting. They're providing you get a very clear message across. So if it was I'm looking for disused light industrial units within the you know, Worcestershire area or something like that, that might just register with someone there who speaks to their friend who says, yeah, I've got an old garage MOT station I'm getting rid of. I'm closing down, you know. What can I do with that? Do you know, I met a guy at a property meeting or a business yep. meeting. So Absolutely get a really right. clear message. So definitely networking is probably, in my opinion, one of the most important. I think one of the things that also uh, rings through is the telling people what you do generally. Yes. Um, it's yes. so amazing how many stories you hear of opportunities that came about just simply because people found out that you did property. Yeah. Um, so they come to you and they're interested in what they do. And, and it just turns out that they've got something. They've got property they're, they're looking to develop. They've got a piece of land. They've got whatever it is. Um, but so often, if you tell people what you do, particularly if you, you know, you're finding sort of property solutions for people, you'll be surprised at how many people have actually got property problems that they don't, um, they don't necessarily advertise. I think the thing, though, is, again, it's about being specific because I think there's a lot of people who aren't in property and even if you're new to property, you will be getting up to speed fairly quickly with the terminology and understanding what it is you're looking to develop. A business person out there, he or she, might not really know what property development is. So again, you need to say, I'm looking for these type of buildings. Oh, what you could, particularly like the industrial conversion stuff that we talk about, most people wouldn't even have a thought that you could you could convert that. So the, the, the mm. old printing works... You know, Ian, who had that building, went, well, what do you mean you're going to convert it into residential units? It wouldn't have crossed his mind, so he wouldn't have mentioned it. Exactly so, again, right. really important to be to be very precise with people. And I know that one challenge that some people struggle to, to come to terms with is the whole kind of funnel concept. So, essentially, looking for deals is, to a large extent, a numbers game, isn't it? Particularly when you're, uh, when you're starting out. Yeah, I mean, that's absolutely right. The term you'll hear a lot is you've got to kiss a lot of frogs. And, and, and that's true. You know, there's a lot of people get really disheartened because, you know, they spend a lot of time looking at deals that either don't stack up or they miss out. And in fact, you know, I spent quite a lot of time uh, with people that I've mentored over the years and even some of our current students who, oh, I'm never going to find a deal. Well, how many have you looked at? Oh, only 20. You know, or no, I've looked at 20. Well, that's not enough. Look at 100. 
you know, yes, you've got to get a lot of properties into the funnel. I mean, also, the more you put, you know, more deals you put in the funnel, the greater chances you have of getting something out the back end. But it goes back to this criteria. You know, when you first search, let's just say I'm right move, you, you know, that's first part of your funnel. You sift something out and you go, oh, I'll open that up. I'll have a look at it. That's your first stage. Then you might think, you know, I'll print that off and I'll have a look a little bit more. I'll go on to Google Maps and I'll have a look at it. You might think, well, that's quite interesting. I'll have a look at maybe what's available in the area. Could I sell it if I converted it? Oh, I'll have a look at some numbers. All these stages are taking you down a funnel and it either gets jettisoned out the funnel or it goes further down. And uh, quite, quite typically, I'd say you want to put 100 potential opportunities in the top to get one out the bottom. And a lot of that is, is about a systems thing, isn't it? Because it is. I think one of the things that uh, we come across quite often is people who perhaps put, they've got their 100, that's great. They've, yeah. they've found 100 things that could work and they think, well, there's 100 viewings. Yeah, and it's kind of well. Well, no, it's not actually. Uh, that might only be three or four viewings because if you're doing it right, you're able to systemize and automate effectively your funnel at the front end so that you can weed out the ones that don't pass kind of the first test, uh, the second and third test, and you can do it from your living room. You can, and I think now there's a lot of people out there would have heard uh, do viewings, 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 viewings. Now. The, the reason behind that is often build, to build a relationship with agents, and that's fine. But I don't necessarily agree with that approach, do viewings, 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 because if you go and see an estate agent, you know, once or twice, fine. If you go and see him two dozen times and you've had no chance of buying a property, in fact, you don't even know what you're talking about or whether the deal stacks up. So every time you look at a property, the agent says, no, I didn't stack up. How was that one? No, I didn't stack up. How was that? No, I didn't stack up they're going to get pretty fed up with you. Mm. So actually, you're just wasting that relationship that I've talked about earlier, which is how important it is to build those relationships. So you're absolutely right. You've got to do some deal analysis. You know, you sit on sit on your you know your living room floor or in your, in your office. Have you not got chairs? Don't have chairs in our place. Okay. I've got a lot of chairs on the floor. And, um, well, you know, if I'm successful, I'm going to get some. <laughs> well, I said I'd better sit on the sofa one night if I was really good. So... You can do all this analysis, work it out, and as you say, then Ian, then if it looks good, go and view the ones that potentially you're interested in. If you want to get a bit of experience just to go and do viewings, I suggest maybe go out of area. Go out of an area that you're not interested in building those relationships just to get that different experience of actually going to see agents, maybe that's uh, commercial agents for the first time. So, yeah, absolutely. It is a system. It's a process. You've got to get stuff in the funnel to get it out the bottom and have this process. Right, I'm going to go through that. I'm going to go through that. I'm going to go through that. Yes, that was a possibility. I'm going to go and have a look at it. And, of course, the system doesn't stop there. You gather information in a systemized manner when you're on site and you come back to the office and you analyze that again. And so for the benefit of people that perhaps don't know this, at Property CEO, what we do is obviously have deal analyzers and tools that enable people to um, to do the first part really easily from yeah from from their living room floor yes uh, but also then that uh, those those checks and measures that you use at the viewing process and the discussions with the estate agents or whoever the the, the vendor is being represented by all of those things again all systemized all done in advance so that you're following the most uh, time efficient process kind yeah of I, I think any property training that you do should supply you with all that information so these are the tools certainly we can't speak about others but from our point of view in property CEO, these are the tools that you know you and I use to assess stuff. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, they're well, they're well proven. They work. It's a series of spreadsheets and tick boxes. So, and even if if you didn't use ours, very much worthwhile creating your own. Yes. Uh, and then making sure that you've got that. Absolutely. Assistance. So, you know, I, I think, you know, this whole funnel concept is really, really important. Don't expect to look at half a dozen jobs and, and bid on one and win one. Because don't forget that you're going to bid on them and you're not always going to win them. Exactly. So you've got to get exactly. stuff in the funnel. Richie, fantastic. Thank you. I think if I was kind of summarising that, um, I think the, the, the kind of key points that are really interesting to me, one is that just kind of reinforcing that that need to be systemised in your approach to deal sourcing. Um you know, it seems that, you know, everything in almost every business tends to come back to a system in order to get the best results. And I think um, it's also reinforcing the point that sourcing deals is essentially a numbers game. You know, you do need to kiss those uh, those uh, those frogs. Uh, and in fact, a lot of people don't get a great deal out of the blocks. You know, keep the faith and view everything as a, as a learning curve. Definitely, uh, don't get definitely. disheartened. Yeah, you, you, I mean, I'd be surprised if you're going get to get a deal straight away. Yeah. It's going to take yeah. a while. Um, second thing, it's that point about buying something from an auction prior to the auction day. Because again, I think a lot of people wouldn't think that was possible, or they just don't, don't did't cross their mind. They think they're looking forward to the auction; they're going to be bidding against yes. people. But actually, you could potentially head things off at the pass by actually just going direct before the the auction, striking up a deal, and then the, the, the property is removed from the yeah, auction. Yeah, I mean, you think about it. You, if you don't believe that's true, go to an auction. Listen, and then then you get the auctioneer says, "Oh, by the way, you know, lot twenty four has been removed. Yeah, sold prior to auction. Yeah, why was that? You know, yeah, someone you know thinking out of the box a little. And interesting, if you're going to look at going to and buying stuff from auction, uh, very much recommend going to an auction that you're not bidding uh, in uh, to get. A get sense a of, yeah. Yeah, of the place because it is a very alien environment. Uh, it's also an environment that can be. Uh, quite emotionally charged uh, particularly if you're bidding on something so great to become um kind of get the get a feel for it before you're actually doing yeah, but, it for but real don't panic i mean you're not going to go to an auction scratch your eyebrow and bid on a property no they don't work like that if you're going to bid everyone that's going to bid has to be registered and generally most auctions decent auctions now have a number system so you hold up a little you know a little board with your number on it so quite strictly yeah a bit like strictly come down i don't watch that so i don't know but i'm saying yes but um yeah y- y- you're not going to suddenly bid on a project so don't get frightened but definitely go along it's a really good experience i like that i thought you'd be craig fan no i don't know who craig is okay um there's a chippy I know, Craig, who's popping around my house the weekend and doing a bit of timber work, but I don't think that's Craig. I suspect similar, but 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 slightly different okay. um, in in many ways. Um, I think the 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 final thing um, that struck me from what you were saying was that that idea about getting out on your bike, um, and you've obviously got three bikes to choose from. So, but it, but anybody's bike, and I and choose actually, neither. <laughs> but um, you know, that's gonna. That, it's about thinking outside the box. So. The opportunities that are on Right Move are the opportunities that everybody can see. They're in full public view, and you'll be competing against everybody else for them. The ones that look, you know, that are over the, the, the somebody's fence that, 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 that nobody can see, that haven't made it to the market, that are just an opportunity that only you can see. Um, yeah, you can find things that are hiding in plain sight. And even if it did end up being something that quite naturally wouldn't necessarily be a deal that just involved you, it might be that the idea is planted and it becomes a, a, comp- a competitive bid to tender for it. You're going to be involved in that and it, it's an opportunity. Yeah, um, no, it's good. Yeah, you'd be surprised. A lot of deals in local area can be found just out and about. 
fantastic. Richie, that's great. Thank you so much. I'm afraid all we've got time for in this episode. Uh, so good luck with your deal sourcing. Join us again next time when we'll be giving you the inside track on yet another part of the property world. In the meantime, please do feel free to check out our other episodes. And of course, you can visit our website, which is at propertyceo.co.uk. But until next time, it's goodbye from us both. Goodbye.